at adding fast bowlers. And a cricket journo, not afraid to take the strike. Yeah! Oh, how about it? This is the fast and the curious. Mitchell Johnson and Bonnie Rayner, your home for all forms of summer's game. Hello and welcome back. It's the Fast and the Curious podcast, but for this week's edition, I think it'd be far more fitting to call us the Furious. It's been <laughs> a very tense week, to say the least, in the world of cricket. A fiery competitor in his own right joins me, Mitchell Johnson. What a week it has been. Yes, Bonnie, it has been a, it's a crazy week. There's been so much going on in the test matches uh, that we've seen, this test series, and especially in Sydney, there's, oh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, and of course, as always, we are brought to you by Tab Touch. Make the most of summer. Gamble responsibly for gamblers. Help call 1-800-858-858. To begin with, we didn't even know where the match was being played by yep. the time the MCG test match finished. Then the drama around India not wanting to go to the Gabba with the tightening of quarantine rules over there. Um, injuries within the match. Rishab Pant batting but not keeping. The terrible racism incident and all of that was before Steve Smith scuffing up the mark and Tim Payne's comments behind the stump. So <laughs> there's far too much to to cover, but would it be fair to say the Steve Smith scuffing and the Tim Payne's chatter perhaps a, a bit more has been made of that than it should have? Yeah, I think so. There seems to be way too much focus on that. I, I don't know why. Uh, it's a bit of an easy shot for it Steve is. Smith. Well, for Steve, yeah. Uh, it's not – he's not cheating. And for – past players to come out and say that and the Twitter world and social media or whatever, which I don't buy into anyway, um, it's just ridiculous, I feel. He is a guy, Steve Smith, we know he's a bit strange, right, and he does <laughs> some strange things. But I have seen him do that in games where he's standing and he's visualising what's happening. He does it in from, his hotel room it, we've seen well, on exactly. Instagram. Oh, exactly, and he does it wearing his, his test gear. So... <laughs> It just goes to show it's it's nothing. There's nothing malice in it. He wasn't trying to take take the guard and move it somewhere else and take pants off his game. It was more about him and what he does. As a former player yourself, it must be really um, contradictory with like must f divide you inside because you've got all of the media now. Yep. You're a bit involved with that, and you've got the media saying, "Give us greater access to the players. We want to have more of an insight from the players." And then they, you know, do one of their small quirks, and everybody's saying he's a cheat, yeah. sandpaper gate, and you think, "Well, you want access, but you're so quick to whack Criticize. the guy. Why should we give you access?" Yeah, it'd be way too critical on things that shouldn't be criticised. That's I think Trent Copeland was talking about it. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday. Um, he gave his opinion on it because he'd seen Steve Smith and seen him do it on so many occasions. And he's seen it from both sides uh, of the fence, you know, him being in the media as well. So I thought what he said was really good. Um, yeah, and then the Tim Payne stuff as well, like just having the stump mics turned up is a thing that used to frustrate me because, look <laughs> – when you're out there in the heat of the moment, sometimes you do say things that you you may not uh, be be proud of by, you know, swearing. Um, there are kids and families that are watching the game and you, and then sometimes you're just in that heat of the moment and you, and you just lose your mind for that, that quick second. So um, we are playing sport and you're out there and you're trying to do the best that you can. We're not perfect individuals. Um, we try and do our best to be role models. Um, Tim Payne has done... Well, it's not even a wrong thing. It probably got a bit too far and he has apologised and come out and he's man enough to actually apologise to, you know, everyone about it. Um, 
there's not many people that do that. Um, so for him to do that, it just goes to show that he is a great, great human being. Um, but yeah, I just think it just goes too far. Sometimes they want all this access, but then you, they want the control. Oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. Um, just keep, you know, I, I don't know. I get it does. Fr- that actually really does frustrate. You've infuriated <laughs> the me now. And the furious. This is what we started I'm with. Starting to stutter. <laughs> no, no, I totally agree. It's. I might it's swear. Difficult. Well, oh, don't do that. You have to issue an apology. Um, it is difficult because we've read a lot of things that say Steve's. Um, sorry, not Steve Smith. Tim Payne has been near perfect for three years, and this is a massive step backwards. He should lose the captaincy. He should be on the way out. His test matches are numbered. Well, every yeah, captain should lose their captaincy because they all swear. <laughs> yeah, and Indian captain swears in Hindi. I, I pose to you that while people are saying this is a massive step backwards, in a case of glass half full, glass half empty, the way you want to look at a situation, if you compare this to how we handled you know, South Africa in 2018, uh, where at the time James Sutherland said, no, this isn't an issue, and tried to really play it down before it absolutely blew up, and then they admitted, okay, we went about that the wrong way, is does this almost reflect how far we have come in the past three years, that if you even slightly cross the line as captain, you call a voluntary press conference the next day to say okay, maybe I wasn't very happy with how I did that. If anything, oh, I, does I, that not show the progress made over the past three years? I don't know if it's progress. I just think it's the way the world is at the moment. Well, cultural change anything. within the team because I can't imagine that would have happened previously under Darren Lehman. Um, no, if guys did something wrong, um, they would own up to it. Mm-hmm. I just maybe it wasn't as publicised. Maybe yeah. it was very different then. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm maybe not sure. Maybe not I, so much backs against the wall. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that so much, but... Um, I just think that the world, I think it's more of a like a, a world cultural thing, like this the way that the world is, is sort of going at the moment. Like if you, seems like you, if you make a mistake, then it's everyone's down your, down your throat. Until you like take it's, accountability. And- yeah, and I mean, like we all make mistakes and it's not a big mistake. Like what Tim Payne has done is not, it's not, it hasn't, no one's died from it. No <laughs> one's... Um, you know, no one's been hurt by it. Like it's except not... Mitchell Johnson has been pissed off about it. Oh well, yeah, just I'd actually try and ignore all that stuff now because otherwise I get too wound up because it's and and to be honest, like that's why I, I'm basically not on social media anymore. I am on Instagram, but I barely look at that. Um, it's just to take the photos and get it out there, whatever. But and I even don't like that to be honest. But mm. the social media side of it, with everyone's opinion and it, yeah, I actually quite liked what the will. Um, was doing with um, they did that piece in where was it on the the ad one of the ad breaks oh, not the ad oh, breaks on the seven lunch cricket breaks. with on Sam cricket. Harper yeah yeah um, I, I quite liked how they spoke about social media mm. I, I thought that was really mature of what they you know at their You're two age pretty to, young guys yeah and for what low twenties yeah I thought it was really good honest good chat mm. go so, check yeah. it out seven cricket. As we've mentioned, it was a test that certainly had it all. Now, let's get the thoughts of someone who was in the thick of the coverage, a man of 79 tests himself. Mr Cricket, Mike Hussey, thank you for joining us. No worries, Bonnie, and g'day, and g'day, Mitch. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you, Mr Cricket? <laughs> I'm well, thank you, mate. Yeah, it was an amazing test match. It really was. You know, you've got to give a lot of credit to the Indians, the way they fought it out in that last innings, um, you know, under a lot of duress there. But... Uh, yeah, the Aussies would be disappointed they couldn't get the win. They, they played really well and, and probably deserved to win in the end, but um, the Indians were just too good to hang on. In recent times, can you recall a test match that had as many dramas and subplots from so many different angles as what we've had this week? 
Oh, probably not too many. Um, yeah, it's certainly had everything. The whole series really has had absolutely everything where there's been injuries, there's been, uh, you know, teams getting bowled out for 36 and then the fight backs. Um, but, yeah, even in this particular test match, uh, there was so much t- to talk about, wasn't there? Like David Warner coming back into the team, you know, Will Pukowski's first test match, uh, the in- injuries to the Indians and then their amazing batting on the last day. Richard Punt, you know, his innings, we thought they were just going to play out for a draw and then suddenly he, he was going for the win. So, you know, it was it just had absolutely everything. And, um, yeah, it was a great test match. And, and I guess we go to the Gabba now, one all, and uh, everything's on the line. Actually, I... Uh- Huss, I just wanted to ask you about uh, Pant and that whole uh, scenario there where he was off uh, with an injury and not keeping and and then comes out and bats and bats the way he did. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I guess it's in the rules. You know, uh, they are allowed to replace um, him, you know, an external injury. So they didn't break the rules or anything like that. So they, they just used the rules to, to their advantage. Um, it worked out quite well for them because certainly Ridman Saha is a better keeper um, than Richard Punt, who did put down a couple of chances. Uh, and um, but, the, but they've picked Richard Punt because of his batting. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't read too much into it. It's well within the rules and, um, you know, uh, it, it sort of worked in their favour in the end because they got the good keeper on and then Richard Punt was able to come out and bat, you know, the way he did in the second innings. So, yeah, within the rules and in the spirit of the game, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, 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 I detect a little bit of uh, a bit of sarcasm in your voice there, Mitch. Um, I, I, haven't I, always love your, I always love your thoughts on these kind of things. You know that, Huss. <laughs> Well, look, if it's in the rules, um, you're allowed to exploit the rules as much as you, as, as, as you like. I think, you know, it would have also been above board. It would have been checked with the referees, um, you know, and, and so you've just, got to, you've just got to take it on face value. I, yeah. I know there'll be people out there saying, you know, is it necessarily in the spirit of the game? You know, if, if he was able to come out and bat and bat so well, he should have actually been able to come out and keep. I, I understand that narrative, but we, we don't really know from the outside how bad that injury was. It did look like a nasty blow. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we should, you know, let something like that tarnish what would be, what was an amazing test. It, if you were in that position, Haas, if you were playing, say you're Tim Payne or you put yourself in the shoes of the current players, after the white ball series where Jadeja was subbed out for concussion after pulling his hamstring off the bone just about, mm. and then with this sort of being the double down, do you think that there would be growing frustration within the camp or would it just be that messaging you're saying about stick to what you can control? Oh, if I was in the Aussie camp, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not try and let it affect me because you know it, it's just an external distraction. The Indians, the, the rules are very clear. Um, you know, and even the concussion for Jadeja, yes, he was injured, and, and it looks it looks a little bit murky on the outside, but he was also copped a nasty blow to the head. Okay, the argument was well, he was able to keep batting, but you can have a delayed onset. Uh, he was checked, and he was uh, uh, deemed to have concussion. So, you know. Uh, it, what, how can you challenge that? You've got to take it on face value. If you start whinging and moaning about that, suddenly you're taking your mind off off your job and, and your team and uh, you're going to let that distraction get to you and affect your performance. So I, I don't think you need to just worry about it. You just let the authorities deal with it in, in the you know through, through the appropriate process and um, let them make the ruling and you just accept it and get on with trying to win the game. You know, There's no point uh, trying to argue about it and make an excuse about it. Yeah, I think the players would just get on with it anyway. They're not not getting involved in all this, uh, you don't really hear them talking about it. So uh, it's just probably us in the in the media side of it, just trying to spark a bit of debate, I guess. But um, the Brisbane test, uh, I'm so looking forward to 
uh, seeing them play there again. And we know that as a, an Australian team that normally you play the first test match there. It's, it's difficult for teams to come and play there. So are you expecting Australia to step it up a, a level, do you think, and really give it to India this test match? Or do you think it's going to be a, a tight one? Uh, well, you, you think Australia have got to go in favourites, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. As you mentioned there, Australia hasn't lost a test match there for 30-odd years, 34 years, I think it is. So, you know, that, that's a great record at the Gabba. I guess the one difference is that, as you said, the, the first test is normally uh, at the Gabba. And so teams are still acclimatising a little bit to Australian yeah. conditions and that extra pace and bounce. But on this occasion, they've actually been here for well, how long? Ne- nearly a couple of months. So they should be used to the Australian conditions. But the other thing that's uh, really going to hurt India is the amount of injuries they've yep. got. Uh, you know, Vahari's obviously out. He's going to be out with a hamstring. Jadeja's out with a broken thumb. And the massive injury of uh, Jasper Bumrah, you know, out of the test match. Their, their pace bowling attack has just been decimated throughout this series. It's unbelievable how many bowlers they've lost. So how can they keep re- uh, replenishing those with high quality? Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's not going to be the same fearsome attack as, as what we've seen sort of earlier in the series. So I think they're huge blows, and that's why I think Australia will start favourite. The, the, I don't know, maybe, Mitch, you're better to, to talk on this. How, how will the Australian bowlers pull up with such a short turnaround from the SCG test where they bowled their hearts out on that last innings for 130 overs to, to have three days and then have to back up at the Gabba? If they had to bowl first, will there be a little bit of fatigue still there from that previous test? Whose show is this? You asking questions? <laughs> Come on. Um, no, He's that's a, a good, good question. It's, um, I mean, you know what it's like playing for Australia. You'll do everything possible to get yourself right, and those guys will do that. They'll they'll stick together and you know have a couple of lunches together and relax and and be ready and, and make sure they do all their recovery and and things like that. So um, once you put that baggy green on, you know that you're in for a fight and you're going to give 110. percent So I, I think I think they'll be fine. They'll back up and I think they'll be encouraged that they'll have a bit more bounce and something out of the Gabba pitch. I mean, that Sydney pitch looked pretty slow and docile and it didn't really play any tricks on that last day, which I think we all thought it would. Um, A little bit of up and down maybe, but it didn't really do a lot. So, yeah, they'll be disheartened by it. But um, I think, yeah, it's it's test match cricket for your country and, and especially in these times, I see it as, you know, they're very lucky to be able to do something that they love and I think, that'll be an added bonus. They'll be able to go there and know that they've got a good record there and um, really just finish off a, a, a very interesting series. As Mr. Cricket mentioned, India's depth is being tested like no other time in recent memory. Jasper Boomer is such a massive out. He's the latest soldier down from the pace stocks. Um, Umesh Yadav as well, he's out. Do you have any um, thoughts, Huss, on who will come in to the 11? Will we see the, the young left armour Natarajan or will Kartik Tiagi? I mean, he was only added, uh, he's 20. He played for Rajasthan in the IPL last year. Is he going to make his test debut? Who comes in? Um, I, I think it'll be out of uh, uh, Shadul Tucker, who played in the uh, One Days, either yep. One Days or the T20s. I can't remember that far back. He, he's he's a good bowler, and he's mm-hmm. been part of the uh, test squad as well. So I think it'll come out of him or Natarajan. Yep. I think Tiagi's just been around the squad, sort of to to learn and to um, you know to see what international cricket's all about, and and to sort of help him out in the nets a fair bit. I'm not sure he's 100% ready yet, but you never know with it with India. Um, so I think it'll come out of uh, Shadul Tucker and um, and Natarajan, the left armer, who, who showed a fair bit, um, but he hasn't played a lot of cricket either. So, 
yeah, they're certainly well depleted and um, and it's going to be tough for them, I reckon. Um, Australia will go in pretty much favourites. It does add even more so um, to the character they showed at the SCG test, as we were saying. Now, a quick one, jumping ship, the men in orange. Five wins on the bounce, the Perth Scorchers in the Big Bash League, your former team. Jai Richardson with the golden arm at the moment, um, literally, um, but also for the most wickets in the competition. Has he booked his plane ticket to New Zealand next month for Australia's five T20s there? Oh, I think definitely. Yeah, he'll definitely be there. I know Justin Lang is a huge fan of Jai Richardson. He's a uh, He's been bowling so well, particularly in Perth at the Perth Stadium. But but yeah, he's he's a quality performer. Um, so I have no doubt as long as he stays fit. Uh, I know he's still not a hundred percent fit, which is pretty scary, <laughs> to considering how good he's going. Um, but yeah, he, he's building his fitness up all the time, and uh, his skills look like they're at a hundred percent. So I, I have no doubt he'll be on that trip, and and he deserves to be. Yeah, from what I've seen, he looks like he's getting better every game. So it's good to watch. And I do have a bone to pick. It, that was not your former last uh, what, former last last team. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sydney Thunder, for, but Sydney we can Thunder? also claim him from well before. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm all, always got a bit of scorcher inside me. I, I, I love the scorchers. Do, um, do you still and, and live, do you still live in WA? Do you live in Perth? <laughs> Come on, mate. Of course I do. I'm, I'm <laughs> Perth born and bred, I've, and I've always got the, the scorches close to my heart. So, uh, okay. yeah, no, they're, they're looking really good. The team looks awesome. You know, they're, they're getting some real confidence now. I guess, yeah, they've had a good run at home, and now I guess the challenge for them is they've got to go away now and play the rest of their games away from home. But uh, the team just looks so balanced. I guess the Mitch Marsh injuries would be a little bit of a worry. Hopefully yep. it's not too bad and he doesn't miss too many games. Um, I just wanted to ask about this bubble stuff um, with players and actually guys like yourself. How, how's it all going? Like um, you're following it around and you're all in different places at different times and but you're in this, this bio bubble or whatever it is. Um, how's it all looking? Like from a, I don't know, you're, you're part of that bubble, I guess. So how's it all going? Well, well, thankfully, the broadcasters aren't part of the bubble, so we're allowed to move freely as much as we like, but we aren't okay. allowed to mix with the players at all. So I do feel for the players. Uh, you know, it's really challenging. Uh, and and just think of it like, say, these Indian players that are here. So, yeah. so they've given up so much to come to Australia to help entertain us. Um, you know, and, and play such great cricket. They've, they've been at the IPL first in the UAE for two and a half months. They've flown straight from that bubble where they weren't allowed to leave the hotel yeah. all the way to Australia and also been in a bubble. Um, and they've been here for a couple of months as well. They're away from their family, their friends, um, you know, their home comforts. And then they play a test match at the SCG and get abused by people in the crowd. It's just ridiculous. So uh, it's really annoying because they, these players are giving up so much. Um, even the Big Bash players, you know, my, my brother has just flown back into Melbourne. Um, he hasn't seen his family for, you know, for a long period of time. Yeah. And he's at home at his, in his home city of Melbourne, but he's not allowed to go home and see his family. Like it just, it just seems really inhumane in a lot of ways. Uh, and um, it's, it, it must be really, really tough on the players. So we, we need to really take our hat off to them, you know, for getting out there. And, and also maybe if, if some of them, the performances aren't as, uh, as 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 great as we expect, we need to cut them a bit of slack because they're um they're actually going through a lot at the moment. Just just to be able to put the entertainment on for all, all the uh, public. Oh, I know you. Oh, no, no, I know what you're saying with that bubble with the Indians and that. But uh, are they playing the IPL after this? How how long of a break have they got? Um, no, my my understanding is they're going back to India to play against England. So they literally leave our shores and head straight back to India. They'll be in in another bubble back in in, in India. And they're playing England in uh, some tests one day as and T20s. And then that'll and then roll into the IPL. And then straight back into the IPL. So that they are literally going to be in a bubble for, 
I don't know, maybe a year of their life. Yeah, it's a lot to give up. As you say, they're probably only, you'd say, about a week away from heading back home and hopefully they have a bit more freedom or the ability to get their family into those bubbles because, yeah, as Justin Langer has said many times, we need to get the show back on the road. But uh, it's a very good point, um, very well said of you to recognise all the sacrifices being made by everybody to ensure we can get that show back on the time. It's uh, show back on the road. It's been absolutely brilliant getting your thoughts. Mike Hussey, thank you so much for joining us on the Fast and the Curious podcast. No, no worries at all. Thanks for having me. And good to see Mitch Johnson hasn't lost his uh, sledging um, you know, ability. You know, we heard plenty of it on the field and uh, it's good to see he's still got it off the field too. Oh, that's good, mate. No we worries. Had, we had to re- rebrand the podcast The Curious instead of Furious because Mitch thought that that was a free ticket for him to just come in and whack everyone every week. <laughs> uh, no, nah, it's, it's good. It's good to be part of it. No, and, uh, I hope good it to hear going from well. you, mate. Mr. Cricket there. Now, hopefully he's hung up the line, Mitch, and he doesn't hear this. He was genuinely my favourite cricketer of all time. 15,313 first-class runs before even making his test debut. He mm. was the goat for me. I could watch him bat all day. Who was your favourite? Yeah, Mike Hussey as well. Really? All of us in the team. Wait, uh, you were just so mean him. to him. We all loved him. We all like bowed <laughs> down to him. Uh, it was great to play alongside him and, yeah. No, he, like, absolute gun player. Loved, loved playing with him. But um, Kirtley Ambrose was one of my favourite players to watch. I just loved how he'd, he'd sort of glide in and that big tall man with his lanky. long arms <laughs> and all lanky yeah, arms and legs everywhere and I don't know, he just looked like it was so effortless and he'd just bowl fast and give the stare. I think that's where the stare for me came from to be honest. Yeah, really interesting to get the take of a former player in Mike Hussey and yourself, Mitch. As the journalist here, though, I think it's a good time to reflect on all of these crazy news stories through the media lens um, to discuss the role the media's played in it, social media and the latest news ahead of the Gabba test. So, on that vein, it is a very warm welcome to the most respected cricket journalist in the game, Robert Craddock. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure, Bonnie. I thought you must have had someone else on there. I didn't, I didn't know I'd made the top 20, but that's very flattering. Thank you. <laughs> no, very humble as usual. We'll dive straight into it because I'm sure you're a very busy man this week. So a quick one straight off the bat for you. Has this Steve Smith scuffing story been warranted or has it been a social media storm? Well, it's been actually mainly a social media storm, uh, but because teammate after teammate has defended Steve Smith. And I get that. I didn't sense anything sinister in it. And this is where I'll defer to you, uh, Mitch, on this particular point. What worried me a little bit was that cricketers like Berenda Saywag, Michael Vaughan and Darren Goff were right into Smith. And they know the habits of cricketers in terms of scuffing up a pitch. So my opinion would be overruled by anything Mitch would say on this. However, I will say one thing. Uh, I sometimes feel, and maybe this is a bit of an old-fashioned view, and it's not a big thing, but it's actually not his real estate in the middle of a fielding innings. Like, to to scuff up the crease a bit, and and it's a bit like walking into someone's bedroom and just pulling the bedspread down and leaving the the covers everywhere. So, look, uh, it's a social media storm, and the pylon was enormous, and I'm telling you, Steve Smith was devastated. He didn't sleep. He was really like all the horrors of Cape Town came back to him. He thought, you know, gosh, what have I done here? 
But the force of the denial has been strong. Justin Langer this morning, Nathan Lyon were so categorical in their defence of Steve Smith. I'll go with them, you know, if they if they defend him for that. But it just, Mitch, it intrigued me that three former cricketers who have probably between and played 150 tests felt it was out of order. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it, I think it is. Uh, it's, Steve Smith, we all know he's a little bit different and the things that he d- does. Um, and I've seen him do that in test matches where he's stand. I've seen other batsmen stand there um, and, and do things like that. There was nothing malice about it from my, my view. Um, I'm going to go and say back before those little cameras were even in uh, the stumps, I reckon past players were doing things like that. And it's nothing malice. I think it's a batsman. Batsmen love to stand at the crease and imagine like them facing a ball or um, how they would bowl to that person or um, yep. where they should be fielding in that. It, it's something about batsmen like that who really think about the game. And that's all I thought it was. I never thought anything of it. And you can tell by Steve Smith's reaction, how gutted he is. Um, yeah. And especially yep. for past players that have come out and said what they've said, calling him a cheat. Um, yep. To me, that feels a little bit more personal maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't like it. Uh, but look, they they can have their own opinion on those things, and that's fine. Um, but we will stand up, and as past players like myself and uh, Trent Copeland made some good comments about it as well. Has seen him do that in in Shield cricket. But look, he's going to be watched in this next Test match for it, and it's I'm going to I don't know if he's going to find it very difficult not to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good point. It's, good it's, point. It's, it's just that's just Smithy, and there was nothing. He wasn't trying to take. His his guard away from part. Um, so anyway, I think it's just it's ridiculous. He was probably dreaming of his next turn in the middle. That's all. <laughs> it's probably as simple as it exactly. was. Now another very interesting one. Obviously Tim Payne, his apology. We've probably discussed that enough. Um, touched on it earlier with Mike Hussey. Will Pukowski crash? Will he play? Yeah. Look, it, it's funny. I'm coming to you from right in the heartbeat of where that decision's been made at the moment. I'm standing in an area Mitchell Johnson would know well, just out on the on the top deck of the Queensland Cricketers Club, looking down on the net session, which we aren't allowed to, to observe from outside the net due to protocol reasons. I remember now, all the cheers that you used to give us as well. Like You'd be like, oh, well, bold, Jono. Like, yeah, you'd be, yep, the support. Thanks. I remember that. Yeah. Days. Sorry, yes. he's a bit fired up this week, Crash. He's a bit angry. No. Do you know what, Bonnie, just a trade secret. Mitchell and I go back to when he was a 19-year-old schoolboy sent on the tour to England at short notice, and I got a phone call from... Brian Friedman, the manager of the team from England, and he said, you've got to meet this young boy when he arrives at the Queensland airport on the way home because he will play a lot of test cricket. No one's ever heard of him, but he's great. So I went out there and I interviewed Mitch, and I I swear to you, I swear to you, I can still see this bashful young lad coming through, looking, and I asked him a couple of questions, and he looked down at his shoes, and, and I think he was sort of so bashful then, so... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I just love your development, Mitch, over the years. He's come a long way. Been quite bashful. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling a bit bashful now. I, I don't know how to ask questions. I'm asking you. It's normally the other way around. Well, although you did ask me a question before, so. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but it, is, it is interesting. Pukowski, we'll get back to it. Yeah. He's just done about 10 laps of the Gabba, walking with Pat Cummins. Um, Will had a football under his sore shoulder, like he sort of, under that arm, he was carrying a Sharon. 
He's as I speak now. He's sitting in the shade near the roller on the other side of the ground. He's taken no part in training. He has not batted. I look. There's mixed views. To me, I would have liked to have seen him bat today, and seeing Justin Langer give um, you know Marcus Harris a bit of attention in that middle net. I, I just sense that Bukowski might be more out than in, but these things are hard to tell. You know, maybe just resting, but he, he would want a bat tomorrow. You, you wouldn't want – he's got a partial dislocation of his shoulder. He was in pain yesterday, so – Oh, I've still got him in doubt, Bonnie, yeah. Well, very interesting having our on-the-spot reporter. That's something we don't seem to have these days with all the bubbles and the protocol, so it's very handy having your eagle eye from afar. Well, thank you. It's. Uh, I must admit there are plenty of others that are, do it better than I do, but Steve <laughs> Waugh said to me once, and, and he said, you guys, you do not watch training as closely as you should because so much happens, so many little things. He said, you sit there and you talk amongst yourselves. And he said, I'm telling you, there's a story in every training session. So I came here today trying to find the story and I'm still looking. <laughs> I haven't found it yet. But but but, but it is interesting, Pekofsky, yeah, laps of the ground. So, Crash, were you, were you at uh, there for Nathan Lyon's first test in Sri Lanka? Uh, no, I wasn't. But you were playing and it wasn't a wicket first ball. Wicket first it? ball. So now now he's up to his – well, he's going to play his 100th test match for Australia at the well, Gabba. And he gave a beautiful press conference this morning, Mitch. He, he spoke about – he said, look, I look at the other 12 guys who did, who did this and I just can't believe. Am I really one of them? And mm. it's interesting because what you saw about him is something we never quite saw from the outside – and that is the insecurity of Nathan. You know, like yep. he jokes, he said, oh, Mitchell Starkaway says I've played 99 tests and 80 of them were my debut. He said, because every every time I'd be like, <laughs> so oh, this is your first test, mate, you know? Yeah. Could you relate to that insecurity from Nathan, you know? Yeah, oh, he, he was he's so insecure. Like never backed himself. But I think once he started to have a little bit of that belief, he, he's become the bowler he is now. So... Um, just absolutely amazing to be there for his first. I wish I was able to be there for his hundredth. Um, it'd be pretty pretty special. But that's just him down to a T. And he's he's. I guess there's always been that pressure being a spin bowler for Australia. It's always been Warney and everyone trying to be like Warney. The next ones that have come through, and he's just gone about it his own way and and done it uh, at the best of his ability. So um, no, I'm really proud of him, and it's great to see his journey. No. Yeah, and, and I have to say, Mitchell, there were some nice questions at the presser, including a guy from India, uh, a guy from India, and he said, Nathan, did you ever regret not getting a doozra, the ball that goes the other way, that flick your finger and it spins? He said, because you're very traditional, aren't you? You go one way. And this is the brilliance of line. He, he hasn't had that finger-flicking one that goes the other way. He's been very traditional. But And we won't get too technical here, but the one thing he's done that other offies haven't, he gets up and over the top of the yep. ball and it loops and it bounces and it hits guys on, on the gloves and it, and it gives catches the short leg. Oh, I'm calling it now that this is one of the most underrated achievements in Australian cricket history because the next best off spinner didn't even play half as many tests. I mean, yeah, it's just an extraordinary achievement. It really is. And We're the land of fast bowlers, you know. And you and you're spot on with that bounce that he gets, especially at the Gabba. He actually in that 13-14 Ashes series uh, that I played in, he actually started the rot. 
he was the one that started to get the wickets because he was getting that extra bounce. So bowling with him has always been – I've always loved doing that um, because he's been able to get that extra bit of bounce. It's I was able to put pressure on at the other end and he would get that extra bit of bounce and hit him on the gloves. And yeah, it's always been, um, been great to be able to bowl with him. And I, I think he'll have a good test match. Yeah, he's up for it. Uh, and Mitchell, you also played with him. There was a significant test here about four or five years ago against South Africa. Uh, I think it was. And anyway, he was going to be dropped. Australia was going to play four mm. quicks. And we wrote in stories saying, oh, you can't drop line. You can't drop line. And they didn't. They played him. And all of a sudden in this test, he became a little bit of a cult hero. Whenever he picked up the ball, he got this magnificent ovation. And he'd look over his shoulder together and say, is that, uh, is that me they're cheering? Mm. And I think since then, he's always had a tremendous affection for the venue. And the venue is for him. And as you say... The Gabba, he loves it here. People don't people uh, fail to appreciate the Gabba's leading test wicket taker is Shane Keith Warren because yeah. he loves a bounce just as Lyon does. Mm, absolutely. A massive milestone for him coming up. It'll be such an intriguing game to watch and hopefully he can bag four wickets and get to that magic 400th test wicket. Just leaving Nathan Lyon for a minute, I want to a question without notice, if that is okay for the expert. We've obviously got all eyes at the moment on this Gabba test, but just looking ahead a little bit, Australia is meant to fly out to South Africa in about three weeks for the next test tour against South Africa. And we know they're struggling a lot with COVID. There was a bit of talk here that the Wacker was wanting to put a pitch together, um, a pitch to cricket. South Africa to host the entire series here based on similar conditions and um, time zone and everything like that. Have you heard of any update on that tour um, if it would be moved to a more neutral, like how the IPL was played in Dubai well, or what's happening there? Yeah, look, it's a good question, Bonnie. Uh, this is basically as I see it. Because the South African tour, uh, Sri Lankan tour of South Africa has taken place as we speak, that makes it very hard for Australia to cancel. And there is one other factor as well. All this summer, Australia has profited from India's goodwill where they went through a quarantine system they had absolutely no love for. Right down to today at the, at the hotel where they've been denied room service. So it's now our turn to give back to another nation, you know? Mm. And, 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 and so all the arguments we said to India, oh, can you do this for us? We need the money. We're struggling. That multiply that by three and you get South Africa and Australia. So there's very little excuse for Australia to get out of it. I think they will tour. I think they'll condense it. They'll push the test together. They'll, uh, and the players have no love of the tour that awaits them, even though they love South Africa. And I know you did too, Mitch. Mm. But I, I just can't see how you get down on bended knee and get India to tour here and then say, oh, we, we don't trust your country. We can't go there. So I think it'll happen. Mm. Yep. And Justin Langer has been quite good in that respect. Um, obviously, Australia's tour to England, he kept saying, mm. we just have to get the show on the road and they need us to tour to help them financially. Well, well, it, it's worth pointing out, Bonnie, at the same time as Australia's touring South Africa, they're sending a, a, New Zealand. a, a 50 over team to New Zealand. Mm. Now, normally, I would come on your show and say that's scandalous. Fancy doing that, taking 15 players out for South Africa and then sending one to New Zealand. But New Zealand have basically said, look, we are financially crippled. We need cash. I don't care whether you send your fifth 11, but can you get an Australian team over here to help us? So in the greater good of cricket, that tour is worthwhile. Yeah.
Absolutely. Five T20s coming up against New Zealand at the same time as a test tour to South Africa. And before that, a massive decider at the Gabba. It's all happening. And of course, a big bash bubbling away in the background. So plenty to talk about. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Mitchell. Thanks, Crash. So intriguing to pick Crash's brain there. He's been around the traps for a very long time. Um, great to ask him questions, but Mitch, now it's your turn, even though you've already been asked questions by both of our guests today, haven't you? You're not even the host. That's all right. We are loving having these questions sent through, so thank you very much and keep them coming. Now, what is the most heated match you've ever played in and can you remember losing your cool in it? The most heated match? Um yeah, oh, I can remember it actually. It was an 09 at Cardiff before the test match had even started. Um, it was obviously a fair bit for me personally going on at the time. And uh, I remember being in warm up and we were running in myself, Brett Lee, Stuart Clark, running into bowl, getting warmed up. And these tennis balls were like rolling between us. And we're like, someone's going to roll their ankle here. And we look over and guess who was hitting balls at us? It was Kevin Peterson. <laughs> oh, shock. Shock me. <laughs> Hitting tennis Your balls in our direction. Your best friend in the whole world. Uh, I think we were back then. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like he's hitting these balls. So we, we said to him kindly, oh, can you just – someone's going to roll off. their ankle. Yep. Roll their ankle. <laughs> well, it was actually quite kind for us. We just said, can you not do it because someone's going to roll their ankle, mate. Cheers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two minutes later, balls start rolling past again. And it, it was him hitting balls at us again. So I childishly kicked the ball like – the other side of the ground, basically away from him. And we started walking towards each other and going like at each other quite hard. And he got quite personal and I started to clench my fist. And luckily for me, uh, Stuart Clark was right behind me and grabbed my arm and pulled me away. Um, And yeah, he was left there. Kevin Peterman was left there with none of his mates around him. I think it was Paul Collingwood was the one throwing balls. He was just standing on a bat, just watching it waiting for it to unfold. I think he wanted me to punch him. So it was a bust up that nearly happened. It nearly happened. So I was pretty um, pretty fired up. That's a really the, the good match story. I've never, heard, never yeah. heard that one before. That is great. Very good question. Uh, who do you wish you got to play against from a different era? How would you have gone against them? Uh, oh, the four big West Indian quicks mm-hmm. in that body line Yep. I don't know. It sounds a bit strange, doesn't it, to face that? I think it would have been just a great experience. Um, Certainly, something you'd never. It's not forget. very. It's not. It's not very smart for me to say that, to be honest. <laughs> you um, get my uh, yeah. No, no protection. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. There's. It would have been pretty good to to bowl to Don Bradman. That would have been uh, pretty amazing as well. Do you reckon you could have got him out? Oh, I would have swung one back in and knocked his. Probably off or middle peg out, I reckon. <laughs> the confidence. <laughs> Turn it up. Yeah, he wasn't that good, was he? No. no. I didn't average 100, so no. No. Just no, shy. I reckon – you can never compare era, eras uh, – eras, not eras, eras. Um, you know, you can never compare that that kind of stuff, I, I don't think. Um, so so different the way they played, and but I still think he probably would have done pretty well in this time. Yep. Favourite ground to play at in the world? Oh, I, I won't pick an Australia. Oh, no, I won't pick an Australia. It was actually the Wacker was probably. It used to be the Gabba when I was playing for Queensland, and then the Wacker became one of my favourites playing for Australia. I just always did well there personally, but had a couple of defeats there that I was not too happy about. South Africa, 
um, was one of them, I think, in 2010. Um, over South Africa, I, I loved playing there as well. So that it was probably Joburg. The bull ring was it's got a good bit of pace in it, good bounce, um, and it does a little bit early, a little bit of swing. Um, I think it's just a good cricket pitch. It'll be crazy to see this new one that they're building in Ahmedabad. I think it's going to be the biggest stadium in the world. Oh, so right. I think currently crowd base at the MCG at the moment, so it's going to seat about 120 or 130,000 people. Oh, wow. Imagine that packed out with <laughs> fans over there. That's that incredible. Would, you'd need earmuffs. Um, actually, one ground I would have loved to have played at is that, that ice ground. Did you ever see that ice game that they played? It was like, I think it was out of Switzerland or, or something. No I think. Um, I think Shoah Bakhtar was playing at Saywag. Uh, I think Wazzy Makram played in it. It was it was on ice. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like somewhere near Switzerland. No way. Um, would have been quite yep. quite the, an experience. The cricket ice challenge. There you go. <laughs> well, learn something every day when you're on this yeah. podcast, Mitchell Johnson. Well, I think Shoah actually did his hemi. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was so cold. <laughs> I don't know how he felt it, but he was running in and he was sort of pulled up a bit lame. So. <laughs> Um, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, physio's wasn't, worst nightmare, I and imagine. That, yeah, and there wasn't too many catches either. <laughs> Cold hands, you need the pocket warmers like yeah. that in Hobart. Um, now, Mitch, pick 11 to make the most of our team this week. You have to say there would be a fair bit of orange creeping into people's teams after five wins on the trot. How about those scorchers? Very good, aren't they? And I think it's the way that they've been doing it. You said they would click. Yeah, I was hoping. I had my fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I have got a couple of things right in the last few weeks, so I've, I'm pretty pretty happy with that. I, I'm, I didn't get the test match right. I, I did say that I thought, yeah, Australia would win that uh, and, and win the series. Gave it a good crash. But, yeah, the Scorchers, I'm glad that they've come off. And, and I guess it's it's been probably since we've talked about it the first time, you know, that, oh, should Adam Bowe just be the, the, mm, the coach? Yeah, and there was a lot of pressure on him. A lot of him. pressure. And, but, you know, the players have started to step up and it's good to see that they've started to really own and have that as a fortress, the Optus mm. Stadium, because there was definitely not the same feeling when we first started playing there. Only last night um, they got themselves in the green. So 19 matches played there. Last night was the 10th win to go with nine losses. So if you take into account they've just had four on the bounce there, um, it would have been, you know, six, six, nine heading into it. So, yeah, yeah, all reports from the players, the crowd in the Sydney Thunder match two games ago where it was really close and Billings is 83 and the Scorchers looked dead and buried. Um, Some of the players were saying the hairs were standing up on the back of their necks. The crowd was that loud. And I guess also it might have only been as loud as normal, but after a year of no crowds, you probably appreciate it that bit more. Exactly. I'm not sure the Scorchers could have had that win without that crowd behind them. Well, our next door neighbours went to the game and they said they absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, they, they absolutely love their cricket. But, yeah, I think it's what's happening with the Scorchers at the moment is that the senior players are really starting to, you know, get to the back end. They're starting to really step up and play their best cricket. And it's the, the young and inexperienced guys are actually doing their job as well. So it's they're not just sort of going along for the ride. They're actually playing well. And um, that, that definitely helps in this game or this format of the game. Jai Richardson, 18 scalps and an average of 11, a strike rate of 10.5. We heard from Mike Hussey before pretty emphatically, absolutely, he should be back in Australian colours. A, is he in your pick 11 team? And B, is he in your Australian T20 team? Or does he go to South Africa for the test squad? Tick, tick, tick. 
All of them. All of them. Okay, so we'll chop him in half and send his right side to South Africa and his left side to New Zealand. Uh, he's all right. He's he's getting there. He's he's um. No, nah, look, he he's come a long way. He's, he's really he's been a guy uh, when I first sort of saw him. He, he's never been really. He's a bit um, of a rare unit, isn't he? A little bit, and you should know about rare units with with AJ. <laughs> uh, but yeah. he uh, he's a little bit quiet, but. I got to know him quite well and being a bowler, we, we got on really well and um, we, we love our cars so he would talk about cars. But when it came to cricket, um, he was pretty switched on. He's always been – he's known his game but he's just getting better and better. He's had to go through some injuries which is only going to make him better again because you learn about your body, you learn how far you can push yourself. Um, if I had any criticism, he just needs to grow a little bit more. He's a bit short for a fast bowler. But. <laughs> All right, I'll let him know. But what he does, he's got amazing skills. So he can bowl fast. He's got great skills. And and he's learned a lot of that from the shorter format of the game. But he's definitely a a guy that I could see playing test cricket as well in the future. Yeah. Now, that's all we've got time for this week. Do you have a peach to leave us on? A prediction, an explosive claim. We don't really need many more of those this week. There's been a lot. Yeah, it's been enough. Yeah, I don't know if we need any more. Maybe just a bit of positivity somewhere. Maybe something about your little brother. Uh, Lino. Um, I wish I was there to beat him up, to be <laughs> honest, uh, just to give him one last whack on the arm. Because yeah. I, I really do think that I did help him along the way. Oh, here we with, go. <laughs> with the um, little brother, big brother thing. Um, I had to support him, keep him going, keep him. Like I said, he, so he's, he's so, such a nervous matches. little, he's, he's such a nervous guy. He's got me to thank yeah, to get yeah. him through, yeah. Most people basically. do, I hear. No, um, no, I wish him all the best for that. It's um, it's an amazing uh, achievement to, to get to 100 test matches and a possible 400 test match wickets as well. Yeah, wouldn't it be test. great be if he could um, tally that in the same match? Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure to have your company this week. As always, we've been brought to you by TabTouch. Make the most of summer. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1800 858 858. Mitch, we'll see you next week, hopefully with a little less to discuss. Well, lots to discuss, but a bit less drama. I hope so. I like (laughs) drama a little bit, but... (laughs) <laughs> it makes it interesting extent. to a certain extent. I want to I want to be on here next week and we're talking about Australia's win. Maybe we'll be back to the fast and the curious, not the fast <laughs> and the furious. Uh, I like both. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Fast and the Curious with Mitchell Johnson and Bonnie Rayner. Subscribe for weekly pods over the summer of cricket and remember to send in your questions to Mitch before the next episode.